Welcome to Mahogany Moms Podcast. My name is Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm here to provide support and education on all things motherhood. Join me every other Wednesday for encouragement, inspiration, and information as we delve into health, mental and physical, education, money, and everything else that comes with this motherhood journey. Hey moms, welcome to another episode of the Mahogany Moms podcast and welcome to 2022. So this episode is a Facebook Live that I did with a good friend of mine, Dr. Lisa Hardy, about whether or not to vaccinate or not vaccinate your child. And I thought it was appropriate to um, let you all hear her thoughts on it. She's a public health expert and to also share some of my own. And so as as of December 25th, Uh, 2021, only 15% of five to 11 year olds have had their COVID shots. And I, along with a lot of other parents were on the fence about, you know, getting my child vaccinated just because I was concerned about some of the side effects. And so after talking with Dr. Hardy, listening to the, listening to her, give her research and then um, her own experience with her son getting the COVID shot, um, I just sat with it for a while and decided to go ahead and get um, both of my children vaccinated. I talked to their pediatrician. I did some more research and then I took into consideration again the information that she shared. So if you're still on the fence, um, I encourage you to listen in, to share the episode and to you know, weigh in. I definitely understand um, parents' reservation because like I said, I had my own, but I decided, well, I and my husband decided that it was worth it to have them vaccinated and to deal with whatever side effects that may come up, um, as opposed to having them hospitalized to COVID and experiencing long uh, COVID. And so we just made the decision. And so I know it is a difficult one. And so I hope that this helps you to decide either way. Right now we're dealing with the Omicron, which they say is more transmissible than other vaccines. And that, I mean, I'm sorry, not other vaccines, other um, COVID strands. And so with my, um, you know, sons playing sports and doing um, other things, we just thought it would be best if we um, vaccinated them. And Um, I know I told you guys that I would be talking about some new things that we have coming to the podcast, but before I started implementing new things, I really want to get you guys feedback on what you like to hear more of or see more of or what you think about the podcast, how you're feeling about it. And so um, there is a listener survey. If you follow us on IG at Mahogany Moms Podcast, you can find it there. If you go to the website, you can find it there. I'll uh, post a link in the show notes so that you can take it from there. It only takes a couple of minutes. Um, The information also is in the last episode where I shared um, my own story from overwhelm to restoration. And if you just don't want to take the listener survey, but you want to share uh, with us, you can always text us at 1-833-638-5442. And just let us know your thoughts about the podcast, how we can improve, topics you'd like to hear. You can also text MOTIVATE to 1-833-638-5442 if you'd like to receive weekly encouragement. 
I benefit from the weekly encouragement um, that I share with you guys um, just as much as I hope that you all are benefiting and being encouraged from it. So now let's get into the episode. Okay, well, I might just have to share it to the other page. So we might not get as many questions because we're on a different page, but I can't make it work. So we're just going to do what it do. Okay, not a problem. It's the beauty of technology, right? Yes. All righty. Well, after all of those technical difficulties, we are live and we are going to go at it. So if you aren't able to join us, I will share um, to the other pages where you're supposed to find us. Um, but I'm so happy. I'm Dr. Rochelle Whitaker. I am a parenting coach educational psychologist. Um, and so it is my goal and my mission to educate, equip, and empower parents to make, uh, to be strong advocates for themselves and for their children. And we know that the COVID-19 vaccine came out about, um, I believe it was November 3rd. And so there are lots of questions that parents have. Some parents have already gone out and gotten a vaccine. Um, and some parents are reluctant as I am myself. So I was so happy when um, Dr. Hardy agreed to come and do this live. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about who she is. She is a senior program manager at the University of the, Te the University of Texas Health Science Center at UT School of Public Health. She is an experienced public health researcher in academia, hospital and healthcare settings. Dr. Hardy has a master's in public health from Tulane University School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. She has a doctorate of public health degree in community health practice, biostatistics and leadership from the University of Texas School of Public Health. She is a wife, a mom and my fellow grandfam, but we go way past that. But way back, yes ma'am. Grandfam and so Dr. Hardy, I'm so glad that you agreed to bring your knowledge to the people. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. And I you know, feel like you do, like as, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, uh, do the best I can with my um, children and, you know, my mothering journey. Because soon you feel like you have a down path, something else comes up and you're like, okay, I got to figure this out for my children. So I completely understand. Yes. Okay. So everybody may not be aware of what public health, how public health and how all this comes together. So tell us about um, the role that public health serves in the community and helping people. Yeah, thank you for asking that because uh, when I tell people I'm a doctor of public health, they're like, oh, okay, what do you do? <laughs> so, so yeah, so like public health is all around us. Every day there are different aspects of public health that we see in our civilized society. So um you know, stop signs, you know, uh, stop lights, seat belts, um, fluorinated water, sanitation, trash pickup, um, all of those types of things, all of those types of services um, that work to improve our quality of life and our health and our well-being and, you know, keep us healthy, that's public health. So like, um, you know, non-smoking campaigns and you have um, menu items that, you um, now list like um, uh, the ingredients and the calorie counts, that's public health. So everyday things that you, you know, you just kind of take for granted, that's a, a certain aspect of public health at work in your life. And so what you do is research, right? These different things, it's like vaccines, right? For instance, um, and how they help or what they do. Um, so those are some of the things that 
people aren't aware of that happens mm-hmm. in the background. Um, yeah. You know about doctors, you know what they do, exactly. but there are people behind the doctors helping to research and get that information out. Exactly. Public health, I like to say, is preventative work. So you know when public health is working when you don't see it, meaning hmm. you don't show up with diabetes, you don't present with breast cancer, you're not, you know, you don't have lung cancer, you don't get to the doctor to where you're looking for treatment. If public health is doing what it's supposed to do, it will keep you from those adverse outcomes. Oh, that I like that. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. so it keeps you from those adverse outcomes. Yes. yes. So that's the, you are the perfect person to talk about this COVID nineteen vaccine in kids. Um, because that's I think a lot of parents are having they're trying to reconcile these adverse these these possible adverse effects that the vaccine could have on their kids, right? Because we mm-hmm. have lot, there's lots of data about some of the adverse effects that has happened on adults and even even kids 12 and up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so parents are concerned. And I didn't, so just being transparent, I didn't rush out and get the vaccine when it came out for adults. I waited yeah. a little while. I understand, yeah. And really, let me, I'm just gonna be, what <laughs> Then honest, my parents got the vaccine, and so I said, "Okay, now I got there's some of their DNA, so <laughs> I might okay. be okay." <laughs> so okay, I, I understand can, that. Yeah. So, um, and so you know, there are lots of like I said, there are lots of parents who have gone ahead and gotten the vaccines for their kids, but there are lots of parents who just need more information. Um, right. So knowledge is power, and so yes. when you know better, you do better. Yes, exactly. I'm an advocate for that. Yes. So um, one of the, the questions that I've um, seen and, and parents have often asked, is the vaccine live? Mm-hmm. No, um, you know, short answer, no. So <laughs> the COVID vaccine does not have any piece or a weakened version of the COVID virus inside the vaccine. So like with the flu vaccine, there's a weakened portion of the flu virus, the flu strain that you know, that year, because each year there's a different strain of the flu. So there's a weakened virus in the flu strain. I'm sorry, in the flu vaccine. COVID is not like that. COVID is a messenger. I'm I'm sorry, the COVID vaccine is what's called a mRNA vaccine. So it's um, basically, it's, it's, it's teaching your body how to make the spike proteins on that are found on the COVID virus, right? So when you're so when you get a vaccine, um, uh, that's mRNA vaccine, it's mounting an immune response that will that that mimics a natural infection. So when you get the vaccine, your body is like, hey, this is different. It's it's teaching your cells to make that spike protein. And so then when your antibodies see that on your cells, they're like, hey, this isn't supposed to be here. And so that's when, you know, you may get a fever, you might have a sore arm, you might be, you know, fatigued. But while those symptoms are, you know, you no one wants to be fatigued or feverish, but that's kind of what you want because that means, oh, my body has recognized this is a foreign body. I need to get it out. So it's mounting the response that I need. So if I do come in contact with the actual COVID virus, it will recognize that it's foreign and attack it and you know try to get it eliminated before it's able to take hold so yeah there is no live vaccine live virus but 
you are mounting a response and that's what you need. That's the antibody um, uh, that you need. That's what you want to see. So I know that's hard, you know, to hear that you want to get a fever. You want to get some, you know, uh, fatigue and soreness because, you know, no one wants, you know, to feel like that. But that's, you know, just part for the course. That's what you have to go through to build those antibodies. Just like you were building if you got a, um, a natural infection. And so I know that kids are getting, they're not getting near the amount of dose that adults have gotten. Mm -hmm. So are they having the same kind of responses? Yes. Okay. So yes, the kid dose is a third of the adult dose. So what they found in the clinical trials is if they give children five to 11 age range, if they give these children a third of the adult dose that mounted the same response that they needed with, with, as with not as many side effects, right? So the children were able to mount what um, added up to about a 94, a 91% effective um, antibody response, like to, so anything over, you know, 50, 60% is great. I mean, like the flu vaccine is only about 68% effective against um, um, the, the flu virus. Well, the COVID vaccines are 91, 95, 90% effective, right? So they were able to elicit those, that same antibody response with a 91% effective rate in children. So with just a third of the dose. Okay. So that's pretty good. So mm-hmm. from your experience um, and maybe from other parents that you know, what kind of side effects have kids gotten? Well, you know, as you know, Dill got his shot last Saturday, so it'll be a week tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Dylan did not have, when I say nary a side <laughs> effect, none. And I was super worried about him, you know, because he's a boy and, he, you know, the talk about the myocarditis and everything with, you know, because I didn't have to worry about that um, when I took Marley in. He did not slow down. He did not know. I could not make out any type of adverse reaction at all to him. Okay. I mean, because he he doesn't slow down. He, you know, he he was hungry. He was eating up everything. <laughs> so that was a little like he he just kept eating and drinking. So I'm like, is he thirsty or is he? I mean, what is it making him like, like what is it? Because I didn't, you know, have that reaction, you know, well, that experience with Marley. Um he was fine. Like he'll be a week out tomorrow and he was fine. He, he, he did tell me his leg was sore when I was putting on his lotion that night. Um, you know, after he out the bath, to, you know, get his PJs on, but he was fine. I mean, cause I was, you know, kind of watched him overnight, mm-hmm. you know, just make sure he wasn't getting a fever or anything. Cause he, uh, once he is in the bed, he sleeps through the night. So, you know, I did check on him overnight, you know, just to make sure he wasn't feverish and, you know, you know, something was going on, but he was fine. Now, Marley got hers back in May. And her first dose, she was kind of sore for about a day and a half. She she didn't need to take medicine. She didn't take, I mean, she didn't even take a Tylenol. She was fine. And they both took Pfizer. And uh, Marley's 15 and uh, Dylan's five. They were fine. Okay. Now, um, when will um, Dylan get his second dose? The second dose is November 29th. So there needs to be 21 days between the first dose and the second dose. 
Okay. So he goes in. So he, that that Monday after Thanksgiving. So um, we already had the day off. So uh, D and I will, you know, take him to the doctor. So hopefully, you know, he'll be fine with the second dose. But you know, we do have the day off just in case. Um, and I'm actually thinking about getting my booster at that time too. Now I took Moderna. And so with the darn, uh, with Moderna, my first dose, I was, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, real sore for about a day and a half. I had to sleep with a heating pad and I was fine. The second dose, I was laid out for about three days. Yes. I've like heard. not like feverish or anything, but I just felt, I, I felt like a Mack truck was just sitting on me. I was slow. I was just kind of tin manish. I felt real stiff and I just, I slept, which, mm-hmm. you know, may not. I can't really complain about sleeping, being able to sleep for, you know, as long as I want to, because it was right after my birth, no, uh, right before my birthday for my second dose. So I, you know, took Thursday, Friday off, because I took it on a Wednesday, I took Thursday, Friday off, and I was fine by like Saturday, but it, it had me down because D, Marley, and Dylan took Pfizer. And so they were like, oh, you know, I'm kind of sore, but I'm all right. I was like, well, didn't nobody give me the memo because <laughs> I am laid out behind this Moderna, but, you know, come to find out Moderna is like the Cadillac of the vaccines. Um, you know, oh. there's, there's word that uh, Moderna is, um, gives you the most dose that an hmm. adult can have. Pfizer doesn't give you as much. I'm like, well... <laughs> I can't hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've known people who've gotten Moderna and who were had the same effects that you had. Um, I got Pfizer because I told you my parents got Pfizer. <laughs> yeah, that's like, everything they do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do what mom and them do. Yeah. Now I didn't have I did have some yeah. reaction. The first time I had, I was like sluggish and I had a sore arm. The second time though, um, I had probably more side effects than the first time. Um, mm-hmm. and so I got Pfizer, my husband got Moderna, and of course for kids five and um, to 11, Pfizer is the only vaccine out for them, right? That's yeah. correct, yes. Um, since you did bring up myocarditis, I know that it has that has something that they have seen in boys. And so since I have boys, I'm like, wait right. a minute. Um, yeah. And so what is, I know they have like a, they figured out some kind of treatment um, for, for the 12 and up. And they say, which I didn't know this, that COVID-19 can, um, I don't want to say give, but it can bring on myocarditis, which mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So mm-hmm. I guess it would make sense then if you have get a vaccine um, that's mimicking that it would produce some of the same effects of COVID, right? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've never had COVID naturally. So, you know, I'm just um, reading up on uh, the side effects like you are. But I mean, from my understanding, uh, myocarditis can be treated effectively. Um, there is no like lasting side effects that that I've heard um, from from the trials or or from those that have um, had that condition occur. So, you know, being that uh, like you said, you know, we have boys. So I'm like, you know, I actually asked D. I'm like, should we wait a little to see <laughs> what's going on? Like with Marley, I, I took her out immediately. She didn't want to go. Of course, she's like, Mom, I don't know. I'm like, oh no, we going. <laughs> so get your mind right sis but we going um but with Dylan that that did give me pause because I'm like he five I mean do we really want to just 
immediately take them? Like, what about this myocarditis? I don't know. He was like, okay, but what's the alternative? Dylan is physically back in school. We already know he's not wearing his mask all day because it's cute. Because <laughs> the teacher sent, you know, pictures on the little blooms. And I'm like, look at my child over here with the crayons and his mask hanging, you know. So I'm like, all right, we, we have confirmation mm-hmm. that he does not have his mask on all day. Marley wear hers just fine. I'm not worried about her. But Dylan, I'm like, okay. So, you know, we talked it through so that there's, you know, no mask mandate in right. schools. It probably won't come back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. He's going to school physically now because he was at home for, I mean, since March last year, you know, we took him out of daycare. Mm-hmm. He started school, you know, at home and then, um, you know, went to school last month. You know, I know you saw my post. I was crying, but baby, <laughs> oh, I was well out behind that. Oh, for two days, I was well out by that crying. So my baby's in school. So I'm like, all right. So he was like, Lisa, knowing that we can, you know, recognize myocarditis, if, if, if something happens, we can recognize it, we can get him treated and people are recovering just fine. That's still better than getting COVID naturally. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we can treat him with COVID, but will he make it out? Like, I mean, you know, we don't know. I mean, kids are being hospitalized. Kids are getting really sick. Kids are having long haul COVID where these symptoms persist for weeks and months on end. So we don't know what their, you know, quality of life will be after, you know, a natural infection. If they, I mean, some, some recover just fine, but we don't know if that would be Dylan's experience. So we just did not want to take that chance of having him catch it naturally. And then we deal with the aftermath of that. That makes sense. So can you just give the people um, a little bit? So her, she, she's saying D, that's her husband. Um, He's not like, um, like your normal, typical dad. He has, (laughs) he's in healthcare. Yeah. I don't want to, can you tell the people what he does? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. So uh, my husband's your authority. He is a nurse. He's a charge nurse at, um, Memorial Hermann Hospital in the Medical Center. So he has been a nurse for over 20 years now. Um, and so I understand, you know, him and I together working in healthcare and in public health, we have a little more knowledge than, you know, regular moms and dads that, you know, are teachers or lawyers or, you know, do something else. Right. So, but I, I mean, I, I still have questions. Like, I mean, when stuff comes out, I'm, I'm one to read things for myself. I mean, Mm -hmm. D and I still talk about, okay, well, wait, do we, do we get Marley? So like when he, cause he's on the front line, right? Mm -hmm. So when they first came out, when the COVID vaccines first came out, the hospital had them maybe like two days later. And D was like, all right, Lisa, um, I can, you know, probably get my vaccine in the next week or two. So I was like, okay, well, all right. Well, that next day, he was like, they sent me an email to schedule. And I'm like, well, wait, we had, hold on. Uh, I thought we had time to talk about, you know, I mean, because I was like, you know, like, do we want to wait? Like, but he hit me with the same thing. He was like, I'm on the front line. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see this eventually. Because at that time, he, he wasn't face-to-face with COVID patients. Right. Okay. But they were, I mean, you know, there were COVID wings being established in his hospital. So he was like, 
I'm going to be exposed at some point. Mm -hmm. I would rather be exposed with a vaccine on board versus not having a vaccine. You know, because when this first hit, we didn't have that available. But now that we know the vaccines are safe and effective, uh, I'm going to take my chances with the vaccine. And I was like, you sure? I mean, like, you the first one got to get it. Like, hold on. Like, let's wait. He was like, because I'm not going to stop going to work. I mean, I haven't stopped going to work. Like, D never stopped going to work. And when I say it felt like when he was leaving every morning, like he was going off to war, mm -hmm. that's what it felt like for me. And so for him to say, Lisa, like, I know how you felt with me leaving out every day, you know, coming home. I mean, because we were, he was stripping down in the garage, taking his clothes off, getting right in the shower. I mean, like we had steps in place to try and mitigate COVID coming in our home when the first hit, you know, because mm -hmm. we didn't know it was, we were like, do, I mean, how do we do, how do we keep our children safe? Right. When he was still going to the, I mean, because I was at home working, but he doesn't have that type of job. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he just explained it to me the way, you know, I, he, we just kind of went through the same thought pattern. Like I'm, I'm, I'm out here anyway, so I might as well get something on board to help protect me because the PPE was short at that time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ma masks were still like, hey, do we wear them? Um, yeah, let's, yeah, so everybody wear them, but then you couldn't get them. Right. So that's how we came to all that. So I just wanted to give some background information because we're, like you said, not just dealing with, um, you all have inside knowledge that right. most people who aren't in the medical field aren't privy to. And so just wanted to um, <laughs> add that to the conversation. Yeah. Um, so, so you and um, <laughs> Diorcy together. <laughs> This side, I'm trying to, in my mind, yeah. go together. I'm trying to You're make right. sure I'm using names, the right names. Yeah. Um, so that, his conversation with you or um, seeing the picture with Dylan not wearing his mask, is that what, you know, kind of made you say, you know what, let's just go ahead and get him vaccinated? Yeah. I mean, we, when the vaccines came out, you know, we were kind of like, hey, everybody in the house getting as soon as available. But, you know, like when it became available, we were like, wait. Do we really want to do the kid? Like, mm. so for Marley and Diggy, that like they for sure got theirs. We were okay. I mean, you know, because we knew they were older. If something were to happen, they're, you know, they're stronger. You know, they can recover okay, you know. But with Dylan, you know, it's just like, that's my baby though. Like, do we really get him? But yeah, seeing him without his mask and he coming home. You know, I'm like, he he got all the kindergarten on him. Like, we just, let's just go on and get this baby in. So, when got him in, he, I mean, and, and, you know, he's fine. I mean, I now I am still, you know, kind of watching him for any type of, you know, rashes or something that may occur. But as of right now, he's, you know, almost a week out and he's fine. So, what would you tell a parent who says, um, you know, people who are who are vaccinated adults and even kids who've been vaccinated you know have ended up in the hospital or who still had some severe symptoms what would what would you tell them um in in helping them to make the decision about getting vaccinated because that's i think that's a hard place that a lot of people find themselves yeah. you you say okay 
I get vaccinated. And I, I really think that people thought that being vaccinated was like a cure, like uh, not a cure, but yeah, a I know. Mm-hmm. that you wouldn't get you it. You wouldn't get it. Yep. Right. And so I think now that people have started seeing other people get it, even with the vaccine, it makes them reluctant. And then it makes them twice as reluctant to get their kids vaccinated. Right. So what would you say? I understand all of that. I, I mean, I completely get it because you're like, okay, I'm going to get a vaccine that's fairly new that has new technology associated with it. And I'm gonna get sick anyway. Like, really, come on out. So, I mean, but, you know, again, like the basic premise of you can be treated for the side effects. You know, all, you know, if a, if a fever spikes up or, you know, myocarditis comes on, doctors know how to treat that. Mm-hmm. COVID is still kind of a Pandora's box. I mean, we are almost two years into this pandemic and there are still new variants popping up. There are still new symptoms presenting. There's still long haul COVID. So they still don't know the long-term sequelae of having this disease. It's new to the world. Like it's new to mankind. We have never seen anything like this persist, you know, for so long and have such severe debilitating side effects. So you know, you know, like as a mother, as a public health professional, my job and, you know, what I do is to prevent, um, you know, disease and a, a decreased quality of life, you know, so to see that it's really hard for me to see that, you know, we, we have a vaccine available. I understand, you know, as, you know, I mean, cause I'm a black woman as well. I understand the legacy of the Tuskegee experiment. I mean, because that is the first thing. But what about Tuskegee? I'm like, I get that. But see, Tuskegee was different because they were withholding treatment. Mm -hmm. And that study persisted for 40 years when they knew penicillin was the cure or or could could cure syphilis at that time. And they withheld that treatment. This is different there. We are trying to they are trying to get people to get vaccinated. Well, what about the microchips? because the government could be tracking us, right? You know, so it's just like these, you know, as a public health professional, I'm like, y'all, this is not the same. We are not talking about the same types of studies. Studies cannot be held like that anymore. There are, you know, uh, boards in place and human subjects training that you have to take. Studies cannot take place like that in the United States anymore. And by the way, this isn't a study. This is a global pandemic. Like nobody's like, purposely infecting, you know, people with COVID to try and uh, knock out swaths of the, of the population. Like I've heard a lot of different conspiracy theories and things, and I'm just like, read for yourself. I mean, that is my premise with that. I, I teach my children that I talk to them. If you have questions, ask questions, but like, you can't come to me with like, well, what about the 5G chips that they putting in a vaccine? So like the government can track it. Where, where did you read that? Could you cite me a source? Because I'm just not going, my profession, my, my, my thought pattern, my scientific mind is not going to be like, you know what you write, them 5G chips, don't do it, sis. Like, it is, I'm, I'm not going to go there with you. Mm-hmm. My sources are reputable sources. The CDC, Johns Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, if you have questions about symptoms, like, go to places that do this do this for a living. These people, scientists have been studying SARS type uh, viruses and mRNA uh, technology for decades. So now now COVID-19 is new, 
but mRNA technology is not new. SARS is not new. So I, I'm just, my thing is just read for yourself and don't get trapped in the rabbit holes of conspiracy theories and what about Tuskegee and they, they trying to knock out, you know, parts of the population. Don't be taking your kids in there. No, say, do what's best for your children. I mean, you wouldn't send your child out in the rain without a, you know, without an umbrella. It's kind right. of the same thing. You know, you, you, you know, as a parent, I mean, every breath I take is to make sure that my children reach adulthood in the healthiest, you know, most, the, like the straightest way possible, you know, to not try and lead them on, you know, crazy paths. So, uh, you know, as a parent, I, I just try and, you know, tell people that, you know, protect your children when we have something available to help them navigate this time, because we don't know when this phase of the pandemic will end, but when it does end, COVID-19 will not go away. It will become endemic, meaning it's going to stay in the population in, in circulation in perpetuity. Like there, there won't be a stop to COVID. It's just like, all right, well, we've done enough. Let's just, you know, shut it down. No, COVID will be here just like the flu is here mm -hmm. every year. Now, we don't know if it's going to be like, a, you know, pop up seasonally or if it'll just stay in circulation. But we know it's not going anywhere any like anytime soon. So that leads me to ask, will we have to continue to wear a mask? And will our kids, even when they've been vaccinated, because there was a time once they were pushing the, vac the vaccines and they said, okay, you can stop wearing masks. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, we saw that that, that that wasn't really helpful. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if I still have to wear a mask, well, I'm gonna get vaccinated. So um, for our kids that are getting vaccinated, are they still, you know, I guess it's, it's still best practice for them to wear a mask? Yes, ma'am. Thank you for using those words. That's the best practice that we know that is cost-effective, is very low maintenance. I have been using the same five, six masks at a you know, cloth mm -hmm. since this started. I mean, I just wash them, hang them up and use them again, you know, put the filter in, use them again. Now I, I have the throwaway mask, but I mean, this is not something that I have to go out and buy every day. Like masking yourself and your children is still safe. It's still you know, less invasive. It's not a needle or anything that you have to do to your, you're not doing anything to yourself by wearing a mask. And with, you know, the, uh, the weather changing, you know, we're getting into the, you know, the winter months, people will start to come indoors. So we lose the opportunity of being, you know, outdoors and unlimited ventilation because uh, COVID-19 is a highly transmissible respiratory virus. So the more people start to come indoors, the more people want to, you know, get back to the normal life and gather and have friends and, you know, things over for the holidays. You can do that if you're vaccinated and if you're going to be in tight, tight places, still wear your mask. It's okay to get together, but just make sure the people you're around are practicing, you know, safe things that you can control. You can vaccinate yourself. And if you don't want to be vaccinated, that's fine, but you need to be masked up. And it's, it's so simple. It's, it's that, that is the most simple thing to do. If you don't want to get vaccinated right off, I understand that, but you can still wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, where can parents find out more information? Well, you said um, about vaccinations in kids, um, mm -hmm. research behind it. Um, I know you said the CDC. Yes, ma'am. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned John Hopkins and the mm-hmm. Mayo Clinic. So they have information about kids too. I've seen the CDC information. Yeah, well, for me, I do the CDC and for like all things public health. Like they are, you know, the, my uh, go-to source for if I have questions about, you know, where um, uh, the vaccines are, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the like the dosing schedule, the age groups, you know, what is the most current information. For me, the um, Johns Hopkins University, I go to them to see about, because uh, they have like a COVID dashboard and, you know, just, to, I mean, this is more for like, you know, stats and figures um, uh, globally, like where the pandemic is, you know, what, how, how um, uh, countries around the world are responding. Um, lately, I've been tracking what's going on in Germany and in Europe, because they're seeing um, COVID, um, you know, like a resurgent. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, well, and we've had a track record of like tracking two to three weeks behind what's going on in Europe. So, you know, like I said, you know, me being a public health professional, I'm sure I look at, you know, data and stats and, you know, things like that, that, you know, people don't really, you know, look at on a regular basis, but that is, that's the type of stuff that you have to do to see what's coming. Right. And then for the Mayo Clinic, that's my go-to. Like if I have, you know, questions about what is this rash looking like? You know, let me go see what this symptom is. You know, oh, you know, Dylan coughing again. Let me see, you know, why is he, you know, that type of stuff. So um, so, so for like, you know, symptoms of um, anything dealing with COVID, if you want to get more information about, you know, how long symptoms persist, I would go to the Mayo Clinic to get that type of information. Okay. Um. I'm gonna try to see if there are any questions. <laughs> see, hopefully this don't go south. Um, and maybe not because <laughs> if I open up a Facebook page, <laughs> it's gonna start making all this noise. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna try. Let me let me just see. Um, <laughs> we're gonna have a have a little mishap. Okay, well, so if you are by any chance, you did not catch the live, um, <laughs> feel free to put comments in the, at the bottom. And I will make sure that Dr. Hardy um, will, you know, I'll come back and address them or, you know, ask her um, to address them and then I'll send you information. And so um, if you did not catch this live, I do apologize, but I don't have control over technology. Right, we did the best we could. <laughs> Um, I do want to thank you, Dr. Hardy, for taking the time on your Friday evening and sharing your expertise with us. Um, And then is there somewhere if other parents have questions that they can contact you directly? Sure. Um, I'm on Facebook. I don't check it that often, but I will. I will check it. Um, And I'm on LinkedIn. You talked about LinkedIn. I'm there. And I am at the School of Public Health. um, So, you know, you can you know, find my information on, on that website, but yeah, happy to help. Cause again, I understand, you know, people have questions about, you know, what they need to do for they, uh, for their children, you know, get into the holiday season. So I am very happy to help. Just don't, my, my thing is, please don't ask me about conspiracy theories. Please. <laughs> I, I cannot help you with not, I do not research. I do not follow none of that. 
<laughs> Nobody is tracking you with a with a 5G microchip. Like that's all I ask. I I, I have nothing on conspiracy theories for you. Sorry. Oh, and um, everybody, since the holidays are coming, if your kids are not vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, be sure to keep on your mask. <laughs> yes, please. It's a simple measure that can still be put in play. I know it's irritating because we're going on two years in masks, but I mean, it's the least invasive, most effective public health measure that you can put in place to help protect you and your family if you plan to, you know, make the rounds for uh, for the holiday season, so. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hardy. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Mahogany Moms podcast with me. If you like the podcast, please show your support by sharing it and leaving a review. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to mahoganymomspodcast.com. Until next time.